Welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable, Not Another Running Story. Thanks for joining us. We don't do small talk here. When we get outside and slightly uncomfortable, we get real, and we aim to continue these conversations here on this podcast. My name is Megan Fanning, and I'm the owner of Zendurance Now Coaching, and I'm joined by Sean Meehan, one of our coaches. Let's talk, let's get uncomfortable, and let's see where the conversation goes. The information in this podcast represents the views and opinions of Zendurance Now only. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice or treatment. We may be right, we may be wrong. Either way, be a solid human. If you're thinking about making a questionable decision, please seek out a qualified medical or psychological professional. Hey, Sean, how's it going? It's going, Meg. How are you doing, kiddo? Good. That was my creeper voice. I don't know why it came out that way. I was like, hey, Sean, how's it going? Ew, gross. Yep. Sex talker, Megan. Ew. Do, do you do you remember? So, I mean, right? Like, porn is so readily available, like, on your telephone now. Like, but, like, back in the day, you would have those, like, call the 800 number or, like, and then they would call you back with, like, some sex talker on the other end. You may, you may have missed the calling. I, 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 it's funny because I, when I get in a certain mood, I do voices. I do voices all the time. But if you, if I were to try to mimic an accent, like from another country or something like that, I just sound like an idiot. So maybe the one nine hundred, um, um, what is it? I don't know the porn hub call. I don't know what's one nine hundred <laughs> hot jizz. Ew. <laughs> is this really how we're starting out our podcast? Uh, why not? Boy, we we digressed really fast. So we genuinely haven't spoken to each other in quite a while. I mean, we text, but um, we haven't talked. So I feel like we have a lot to catch up on. Uh, we definitely have some stuff to catch up on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it doesn't have anything to do with 1-900 numbers. <laughs> it might. You don't know. You don't know true. what's been going on in my life. That's true. That's true. I mean, but yeah, you don't usually surprise me though. People rarely, people rarely surprise me. Um, and when I think about times in my life, I've been surprised. Like I can think of one time maybe 10 years ago and then another time like maybe 15 years before that. It just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. I'm surprising. I have a, a side gig on my side gig. Okay. All right. Surprise me then. <laughs> I don't I double dog dare you because it won't happen. I'm a sex worker, Megan. You can't do anything about it. As as long as as long as Carrie is in line with that, I fully support you and just be safe in your choices and make sure you do the right thing with your taxes so you don't like pull a, a Willie Nelson and end up end up in losing everything you have. Your your endurance now riches. Check check me out on OnlyFans. <laughs> I don't have an OnlyFans account. I think you told you told me about it a long time ago, but Social media is such a time suck. The last thing I want is I another. I, I don't think you want an OnlyFans account, Megan. That's like where people said you request to do sexual activities. So they well, then why did you them. tell me to get an OnlyFans account? I like, certainly did. I probably, if I did, I said it in did. jest for certainly. 
you six months a year ago i can't remember but you yeah you're the one that told me to get the account well you know i was hoping you would like it you seemed lost and you needed you know some some guidance to 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 get to get your feet back on the ground so to speak and i figured Mm -hmm. you could use some extra cash in the house who couldn't Fair enough. Anyway, so we were talking <laughs> offline just a, a couple minutes oh, ago yeah. about Boston qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I typically don't talk times in public. And if I ever post a race finish online, I don't, you know, or a workout, I don't usually post times. And I do that for a couple reasons. Um because I don't want to shame anybody because I don't ever want to be like, Oh my God, I, I had the best easy run today and it'd be a pace that somebody is, you know, that's their goal. And and then they feel, and then they feel like crap. But with that said, so, you know, I hope I'm not insulting anybody, but I was just bored this morning and I was looking just curious to see what, um, my Boston qualifier time is, and it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty slow in my humble opinion, probably because I'm old. Um, but that time I know I've run faster marathons just in training. Um, marathons are not my jam. I actually hate marathons. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's slow. And I think that the, the time discrepancies between men and women for Boston. They they've always they've always kind of bugged me. But um but yeah, it's slow. I think I think I think they're pretty pretty balanced across the board. I would say most races that have qualifying standards um in the marathon have that that discrepancy between them of about probably about I would guess 30 minutes. Yeah, it's it just it's always seemed like a lot. Um and especially because the time for my age group just seems so insanely slow. <laughs> I think that's it. Um, I don't know if I have plans to do a marathon. I guess I, I guess I have to start somewhere. And with well, this is this is what we were talking about in in um, in Sean, and you said, "Well, let's just start recording." So we're recording. But um, <laughs> it coming back. Um, after, after the surgeries, um, and after my bike crash, um, yet again, has, has proved to be interesting this time because I'm, I'm physically fit. I was able, I've definitely gotten that back over the last couple of months. Um, I have no pain in my right leg. So I guess having an external fixator on for three months, I, I guess there's some success there. Um, my range of motion, my dorsiflexion in my right ankle is still not up to par. It's better. Um, I actually put a heel lift in my right shoe and, and that does help significantly, but I have no pain. Um, I'm running at kind of a quick pace, but I'm, you know, I, I can run, you know, I can run a few miles. Um, but I just, you know, I do notice my pace is quick because I have to take shorter steps. So my cadence is a solid 180, you know, so go pose running. Um, you know, my my form is okay. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just vomited yeah, yeah. all over my keyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, 
I don't know. This this is all I got. So, um, but I do notice. So I did my longest run while I was on vacation in Maine, and it's still my longest run that I've done so far is four miles, which is slightly weird. Um, but so anyway, I do this. I do this four mile run, and in my mind, four miles is literally nothing. That's not you know, and. I go out the next day intending to do the same thing. And I actually feel a little bit sore. And, and, and so I was, I was running with my husband and I was kind of beating myself up over it, but I was like, you know, let's say my normal long run, if I was training for something, let's say it was 20 miles or something like that. The next day I wouldn't go out and try to repeat that same distance unless I was doing a double or unless, you know, it was intentional for, for some reason. Um, but I'm like, yeah, if four miles is by long run, um, I got to do something different the next day, you know, um, just to, you know, to have active recovery. It's, it's, it's a bit humbling. Um, yeah, it's humbling and it's just kind of interesting to go with the flow of, um, of recovery this time. Yeah. I mean, I've, um, forget someone, a friend of mine had texted me uh, coming off injury and essentially being like laid off and was like, I was running, I think it was like 20 seconds of running, one minute of walking. And, mm. and that same person like texted like a month later and was like, now it's the opposite. It's like one yeah. minute of running and 20 seconds of walking. So like, yeah. Right. Like that's just kind of the way it is. Like you, you progress. And yeah, that's, that's one of like one of my biggest pet peeves with like coaching is like the idea or the lack of the understanding that consistency is like necessary for progression. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's all, yeah. it all builds slowly off of one step off of another, like, mm -hmm. and that that's across the board. It's in cycles and like, microcycles and mesocycles and you just you continue to build like that's how that's why like there's there's runners that grew up running from grade school like through high school college their base will always be higher in regards to running than mine just because of the cycles that they like had prior to that like whatever whatever inherent like like physiology that like exists from that like time frame like it's just it's there and it's all that about like that consistency and building and those cycles the the interesting thing is you know i spend a lot of time in maine and the last time well i can just i can think to prior trips the last time i was in maine i remember it hurt my ankle to walk and carry my stand-up paddleboard right so this time I was like, oh, you know, it, there's no pain. I noticed little things like that. Or I'll be walking down a street and I remember struggling to walk down that street either with my boot on or um, without my boot and it being winter. And I have I had a huge fear of slipping, you know, on like the, you know, the cobblestone um cobblestone sidewalks and stuff. So I'll have memories and I'll be like, oh my gosh, isn't it cool? Or we'll go to the same park. We will go to a park. And I was like, oh my God, the last time we were here, I could barely even get out of the car. 
And now, you know, I'm walking around doing all this stuff and I am in so insanely grateful. However, that gratitude changes when it comes to running. I think because of what you were just talking about, like I've been running since I was six years old. I've literally done this my entire life. So, so running four miles is, is, is no big deal. That's just something I would just, you know, go out and do on a whim in the past. However, now that's, you know, that's my long run and it's, I don't know that I'm beating myself up over it. That's not it because I, I've been through so much medical trauma. Uh, It's, it sometimes blows my mind, but at the same time, putting it in perspective, this is not, this is not me. You know, the accident was six years ago. This is not me six years ago. You know, this, this is me now. And this is what, and this is what I can do now. Um, I have to put that in perspective. Um, but boy, when I'm out on the, when I'm out running, um, I really have to have to keep my brain in check because it can it can run with some pretty nasty thoughts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think anyone that's had any kind of traumatic injury like has a lot of struggle with that, right? Like, I'm sure, if you talk to like any vet that is like lost or any, I mean, anyone in yeah. any tragedy that has lost like a limb or something to that effect, just mm-hmm. being able to do the things that they used to do and having that. Um, and having that, I guess, I don't know if it's regret or what, what it is. It's, it's the, the past is in the present, right? They're, they're yeah. always mixed up, you know, and my running past is in my present and it's not a big deal for me in the past to be like, Oh, you know, it's okay. I got 20 miles long run on the trail. That's what we do. Um, now, um, I mean, I, I could hike that. I believe. Um, I definitely couldn't run it. Oh, and uh, speaking of which, um, I started back on trails as well. Um, and trail running was really interesting. And I, the, the trails where we, where we were, were so insanely technical. Um, but it almost feels like an obstacle course. And it feels real, actually kind of good on my ankles to have to pick up my knees, um, you know, allow the... Um, you know, allow the inward motion of my foot, outward motion, all the stabilizer muscles I've been working on. Um, so, you know, technical trails are super slow, but, um, anyway, progress, I guess. Progress. For sure. Yeah. Um, so you were up in Maine, which, where were you at? Just We were camping, um, at a, at a site out of about 15 minutes outside of Freeport. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say some of the, um, it's funny. So in this current training block, I've done a lot of running over different areas and I've specifically sought out rougher trails in, in my training block, more technical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's interesting because the more, the more you, you kind of run on shit the easier it becomes and the more the easy stuff that you that is sort of tech may may be sort of technical becomes mm-hmm. like almost like a paved path like a paved right. path like it, it it's like it all becomes a matter of perspective and you and these and it's not like i'm running on new trails it's just trails that i haven't run in a while or whatever the case may be 
fit trails that you don't have memorized because we memorize the trails. You know, I mean, at least I do um, um, when I'm on them all the time. And and stuff like that. And I'll find that that my perspective will will shift has like what's hard and what's not hard and what's really yeah. hard as as I go along um, in this this cycle and progression. So what you thought was super technical up in Maine, you might be like, yeah. go back like in a year and be like, oh, this wasn't that bad. Right. So. Yeah. No, I plan on, I plan on, I just keep doing it. And when a spot is too rough for me to run, um, I just power hike and I can, I can walk pretty quickly. Um, I've always been able to do that, but, um, but yeah, if I can't do it, I just slow down and then when it's runnable runnable <laughs> and, uh, and there I go. Yeah. So I had a super fangirl moment when I was in, when I was in Maine, like, like a holy shit moment. So I'm, I'm camping and this woman, I'm getting ready for my run. Somebody runs by me and, and first there's so many little kids in the area. I thought it was a little kid because this person was so small and, and I'm like, God, that it's, it's not a kid and super weird gate, um, pretty quick. And I, I'm just kind of wondering, I, I know who that is. I know who that is. Anyway, turned down, turns out it was Joan Benoit Samuelson. And I was like, <laughs> and I was, I was so excited. And for those who don't know who she is, I just pulled up, I just pulled up Wikipedia. Um, in my mind, she's just an incredible female trailblazer. Um, for, for running. I mean, she's, she's literally a living legend. Um, she's an Olympic champion, um, 1984 summer Olympics, um, in Los Angeles. She held the fastest time for American woman at the Chicago marathon for 32 years, um, after winning it in 1985. Um, her time in Boston was the fastest time by an American woman at that race for 28 years. And she was recently inducted into the Maine women's hall of fame. Um, there's, you know, there's a, a ton more to her. Um, I think she but still anyway, runs Boston, doesn't she? I think she ran it this I, year. I think so. I think so. But she, it's, it's funny cause she ran by and she has such an awkward gait and, and I'm always watching how people run just because I'm very self-conscious about how I run right now. And after seeing her that time, and first I was hoping I would see her again. And I get, I guess she lives right in the neighborhood where we were camping. Um, at least that's one of the, what one of the neighbors told me, um, and I didn't, I didn't see her again, but I got to tell you, it was enough of a moral, um, uplift and it just totally psyched me up just to, you know, just to see her, just to see her out there running and running very quickly. Um, it, yeah, it got me, it got me through my, uh, got me through my runs and, and all that, but so cool. The total, total fangirl moment. And her short, short, short hair. She had a hat on. Yeah, she had a hat on, but I did, but I did think it was a little kid because she's so tiny. I, I guess I just didn't realize how tiny she was. And she also runs, how do I describe this? Bent forward at the waist, um, really, really leaning forward. Um, and so almost like, you know, at the end of ultras, when people have a bit of a lean because they can't stand up right anymore. That's, that's what she looked like. So it really just kind of took me back, but she was moving quickly. Um, yeah. really, really quickly. 
Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, she did. She did run Boston this year. Yeah. I, I thought she did. Because mm-hmm. I remember. Are you able to pull it up? I'm just pulling up her Instagram. Okay. But way cool. Oh my god. I just. I. I think. I and I also I texted my dad. Um. You know who people know now from. You know from earlier podcast. Um. Yeah. When we were when we were old old schooled by him but it was a it was definitely a moment and it gave me it gave me some some motivation to get out there and keep running only because I wanted to see her and I would have been a huge dork and I would have asked for a selfie they say did you, you didn't catch her well I was getting ready to go for a run and she ran right by my site and I hadn't I hadn't left yet so yeah pretty cool that is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've had it's uh, the, the running community is a weird place. Um, like, I've met um, I, I met Rick and Dick Hoyt before they lie before um, before he passed, and uh, I have like an autograph like book his so book, cool. yeah, which is really cool. And then. Um, I actually had uh, Bill Rogers was the um, was one of the one of the, like the marshals of the St. Patrick's Day Road Race, which is uh, in Hoyoke every year. And a lot of people use it as a, a lot, or a lot of people used to use it as a tune-up run for for Boston. It's a 10K, the hilly 10K, and um, and he was like the grand marshal, and I like had like my sister-in-law get like have him autograph a shirt for me and stuff like that it's <laughs> like um super super nerdy stuff i mean in, in, in bill rogers is like really interesting when you like break it down like like pre-fontaine came out and like met with him and like gave him his like like was like the first to like introduce him to like being like a pro athlete and stuff like that mm-hmm. and trying to like yeah um so like a, a really strange or a really long lineage of that stuff and you know, similar stuff to, to to be in the presence of running greatness like that. It's yeah. uh, again. Yeah. It, it, it gives me chills. That's how, that's how much of a, that's how much of a, that's how much of a nerd I am. But those are the type of people that I just want to go on a long run with and just talk and, and pick their brain and, you know, what's worked for them, the stories they have, what hasn't worked, what was their biggest failure? What was their biggest success? You know? Yeah, I can see that. And then I've had like experiences where like I've been running along and like I, we, we actually had Jim Walmsley run by me. Mm. And um, I, I tell that story cause it was, it was that Cocodona and I was like pretty beat up, and this guy comes like uh, almost almost prancing to a certain extent, <laughs> like down 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 this like mountainside. I don't. I'm about ninety five percent sure that he wasn't even on a trail. He was just like barreling through the the trees, and there's like because it's Flagstaff. Was Arizona, he running the race? No, no, no. He was just just out running because he lives in, in <clears throat> he lives outside of Flagstaff or in Flagstaff. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, and he was actually he actually was manning an aid station at one point um, in Flagstaff, 
but this was the following day and he was out he just was out on a training run up uh up and around Eldon and he just came running down this this mountain and me and Jesse were like who the hell is that what and he was like it was graceful and it was a steep pitch and like I said I'm pretty sure there was no trail and he was just bombing down it but like in like the most graceful fashion it was it was it was pretty amazing to watch like something like that so his running style reminded you of me. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And especially like, because like <laughs> I run like, I run like a tractor trailer. Like mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's just all like clonk clonk to watch someone like so gracefully, like be able to, to navigate and execute and like whatever it's, it was pretty amazing. It's not, it's definitely not like watching like uh Zach Miller like run who like who also runs like a freight train. He's a little little steam engine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's what I don't I don't know where I got off on a tangent here. But yes, running celebrities. So yeah. I have um, I've met Scott Jurek and his wife Jenny. I think her name is. I've met them on a number of occasions, and he was he was crewing a race I was doing. Um, so I'd you know see them at every you know at every aid station. I have a picture of um, me and Dean Carnassus when I was, I think, six or seven months pregnant with Maeve. Um, I met him, and then also my Dean just got attacked by a coyote. He did. Yeah, yeah. For real? His, yeah, it's on his Instagram. I think he got attacked by. A, I don't know if his like wow. face is all bloody. Let me. But so many people I know have coyote sightings like this, but this is the first oh, person yeah. that I've heard that actually has been attacked. Um, they scare the heck out of me. They get, they're smart. And we have them. We have a lot of them in our backyard. Yeah, oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. And then, Oh, so Sean's, oh my God, Sean's showing me a picture of Dean Carnassus's bloody face. Um, so his upper lip and chin are, yeah, are split open. So maybe he tripped or is, I, who knows? I don't, I don't know. He's, it's, a, it's a video that I, I haven't listened to, but I saw that he got, he got attacked by yeah. a guard. So. Um, and then, so growing up, um, we used to spend the summers on Block Island and my parents' place was right down the street from Christopher Walken's. So I would often see Christopher Walken run by. And the the interesting thing about that is he's very small. He is, I mean, it, I'm pretty tall, but he's shorter than me and, and very, very thin. And I, a couple times, you know, we, I, you know, we passed each other, like going on the opposite sides of the street. And I thought it was a woman. You know, just just because of just because of his size, but yeah, he uh, I I've seen him a number of times. Never you know, never spoken to him, but because I kind of I don't know, I kind of figure, and I did just say I wanted a selfie with Joan Benoit, but when people are out running, I hate to be like, hey, yeah. and actually, at that point, um, that was before that was before cell phones, um, when I saw Christopher Walken, so I wouldn't have even had a camera on me, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I've um, dating myself. <laughs> in in a lot of instances, I've avoided actually meeting celebrities. Like, um, fuck, fucking Fleet Feet had um had uh 
um, Meb down there. Like, yes, one day. I remember and I, that. And, yep. I just hap- and I happened to be in there, like, just grabbing some gels and stuff like that. And I was like, why are all these people here? And then I, like, and then, like, Meb, like, literally came out of the back. And I was like, I was like, oh, they're all, like, in line to, like, see Meb for, like, two seconds and, like, get an autograph. And I was like, I was like, that's so weird, like, the, to, like, wait in line for, like, an autograph and, like. Again, a, a long run would be nice, right? Wouldn't you yeah. want to do a, a long run with him? Because just, just to pick his brain and just, just I, I, just to hear his experiences, but to wait in line for a signature. Um, yeah. And like, like I said, just like for a two sick second interaction. I, I, and I always right. feel like it feels like such a forced thing. And I guess it would depend on who it is and whether they, whether they really enjoy that. But I, I think they got to all fucking hate it. I mean, yeah, they, I'm sure they make really good money doing it, appearances and stuff like that. So if you just consider it part of your job, maybe it's maybe it's easier. I don't yeah. know. If anybody wants to pay me to do appearances, and um, I'll no, I'll no take I'll take I'll yeah. take one for the team, and then I'll report back and just tell you how hard it was on my inner psyche to to be surrounded by you know so many adoring fans. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it would get. I think it, maybe it's just my personality. I would get. Well, yeah, it's so annoying after a while. I I also strongly dislike small talk. It small talk makes me uncomfortable. There's just no room for it. So hey, how are you? You're so cool. You you have a da. Then you're done, and then you know that's that's your turn in line. That just seems really dorky and awkward and and weird. But again, you know, had I been able to, you know, if if Joan Benoit was running by me and I got to run with her, I would have totally either sped up or slowed down my pace 100% to try to run with her. She might've been speeding up to try to not run with me, but I would have done that because that seems, that seems cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it was on a, like on a sort of different note. So I was off this week also. And I had planned to um, fast pack the NET mass section, right? So that's the yeah. New England Trail mass section. And um, were you were you just looking for a, looking to do this as a training run, or did you want an FKT? Oh no, it's a, I wasn't going for FKT. I was doing three days. So um, if it, the FKT unsupported, yeah, what is that? I want to say it's I want to say that's two days, which is pretty slow. Um, the FKT support Supported might be in the 36 hour range, which is also okay. not super fast. Um, but it's not like a super well known, no, it's know, a, it's, after trail, so to speak. Uh, for for fair, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, which is why I had the Connecticut FKT for a while, um, because it's not very popular, and uh, but. So I was just going out to do it and the heat index on day one was 103 degrees. Yeah. Um, I started out, I started out super early and the first day, um, because you run from Southwick or for, from Southfield slash Southwick, uh, Southfield, Connecticut, Southwick, Massachusetts, um, up through 
Holyoke, Massachusetts, and you essentially get blocked out by the Connecticut River. Um, so you have a couple options. Um, Deb Livingston and her husband, Scott, did it, and they um, kayaked across it, which mm -hmm. is cool because you can do that. Um, a lot of people will catch a ride around because it's a 10-mile mm -hmm. okay. route, route around. Um, I think the some of the... How far is it point to point across the river? Uh, point to point across the river, I would say... quarter to half a mile so you could swim it you could swim it and that but you'd have like, all your gear and stuff that would that's, be that's yeah. the thing is like you yeah. you you kind of have um and if you're i guess depending on how you're doing it you i probably could throw it all into like in a wet pack or like right. um a dry bag and like make it across without any issues um but it is kind of a heavily traffic section um of the connecticut river yeah, the Oxbow Marine is right there, and Mitch's Marine is oh, okay. on the other side. So yeah. okay. there's a, lot, a fair amount of boat traffic. Um, and if you're not a strong swimmer, the current could be strong enough that, like, it could cause problems. It would take, it would take you away. Um, but but that wouldn't be a problem. Like, the swimming aspect is not the problem for me. Um, but anyways, so I was meeting yeah. Gary, and because I was meeting my wife um, to go around, it was... The plan was, you know, I'll have lunch with her and then I'll pick up actually my pack for overnight. Um, and then I'll start out the next, the backside, the backside of that is uh, Seven Sisters. So you have the Seven Sisters and um, Bear and one other mountain. And then you cross over the notch and head up onto, um, hmm up to the horse caves and stuff like that. Anyways, and that was that was about where I was going to stop for the night. Um, and that would have been about a 35-mile day with about 8,000 feet of climb. Um, I got to, I got to uh, Whiting Reservoir uh, heading up to Mount Tom, and I was like, oh, that's 20 miles deep, and I'd like run out of water twice already. Um, water was super scarce. We're kind of in a pseudo drought drought yeah i i did ask you that prior because i mean obviously you can you, you know use some sort of filtration device mm -hmm. but we are in a big drought here so if i was doing that i would have been concerned about being able to find water even to filter yeah so so i got i mean i knew spots along the way right so but it, it was so hot that normally like going 10 miles is not the you can you know, a liter and a half mm -hmm. is yeah doable over 10 miles but in 103 degree heat i was going through a i wasn't moving fast enough and b i was going through water so quickly right that um that like it would be like two miles and i'd be like running low already and so then you start rationing and trying to like um but anyways long story short i got to got to carry about an hour and a half after my initial perspective time and then in a half hour after my revised time that i like had texted her um just because like it just it just became brutal and i got there we went to lunch and um at lunch i was like that's i'm i'm pulling the plug i talked to my coach and uh made the decision i was like i'm pulling the plug for today 
I'll get back out tomorrow and continue on with the next three days, the next two days. Um, and Carrie was supposed to pick me up in New Hampshire over the next two days. Um, I got up four o'clock in the morning to like head out again to have Carrie give me a ride to the next point and then hit, hit it out. Um, and there was like, there was so much moisture on the windows of my house, like on the outside through like the double panes. And I went outside and it was still like 80 degrees out and the temperature was going to be like in the hundreds. Um, that I was like, there's like, I'm not gaining any benefit from, from doing this training wise. And it's, and the like enjoyment and adventure factor of it, like wasn't there either. Right. Like, cause at that point it's just a suffer fest and what do you like? And so texted my coach again and I was like, Hey, look, I'm pulling the plug on this in its entirety. Like I may reassess this like at a different date and try again, um, just for fun. But right now, like it's not, he's like, he's like, he said, listen, like it's not benefiting your training. And if you're not liking to go out there and enjoy yourself and like do that, then there's no point in doing it. Um, you're better served by doing some training runs the next two or three days and not having a big drain on you uh, going into the rest of the training week and training cycle. And so, so I pulled the plug on that. So that was the smart thing to do. Yeah. And that's for me, that's, it was like, it was a super, super hard thing to do. I have a, but it was a very, it was a very smart thing to do. I mean, undeniably hard, but, but smart. You, you live to run another day. And I, I think over the last month or so, remember in lethal weapon, you know, with Danny Glover and, and Mel Gibson, Riggs and Murtaugh, right? And yep. Murtaugh, Danny Glover would, you know, his little catchphrase was, I'm getting too old for this shit. Remember? Yep. He like, he, he always says that, right? And I feel like that a lot. I mean, I'm definitely not old. However, well, my Boston qualifying time would indicate otherwise, but, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not old, but, but I just don't have room for something that's not fun. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to work hard. I have no problem working hard. I have no problem being uncomfortable. I have no problem pushing it. But if it's not enjoyable and it just sucks, I'm like, screw that. I just, I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting too old. For, I'm getting too old for that shit. And it's, it, it, in starting to run again, I'm not a morning person. Um, so when I run oftentimes around here, it's, you know, it's mid morning. Um, and it has been so hot and I'm like, my God, this, this kind of (laughs) sucks. Like why, why, why am I doing this? Um, so, you know, I force myself to go out, to go out a bit earlier, or if I just wait too long, then I'll get on my bike. Cause I can handle the heat on my bike a little bit more. Cause there's a breeze, so to speak. I, I kind of, I ride fast. Um, but yeah, why if, I mean, and if it's not fun and if it's not something you want to do, pff, no way I'm, I don't know. I'm done. Life is, life is just too short. I've, I've pushed through a lot of shit in my life um, that I really didn't want to do in the first place. Um, and I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to do things that I want to do. You know? What was the thing is, is on top of it, not being fun and I'm okay. I'm okay with doing things that aren't fun if it's beneficial. Well, yeah, that's productive. 
Yeah, but, if it's but it productive, yes. But it wasn't going to be productive. It was just going right. to be. That would have been counterproductive. Exactly. I mean, that's the yep. long, mm -hmm. I mean, long or short of it. On, yeah. a, on, a, on a good day, it was pseudo counterproductive to my right. training goals, right? Like, right. Um, I mean, carrying a fast pack is not exactly race specific to uh, mm -hmm. a hundred mile race. Um, right. So, yeah. So it would have been in turn in that. Effect, How is, um, how is your your hiking and walking speed progressing? You've been working on that for a long time. Um, I mean, I hike. I I mean, compared to the people I hike with, I hike faster than most people. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, am I a super fast hiker? No. Is like, am I going to be like pushing string being string being <laughs> along? No, I'm not going to. I'm not setting any uh, long trail FKTs. Um. But uh, I would say it's it's progressed to being respectable. I mean, depending on the grade, it's anywhere between 15 yeah. and 20 minutes a mile. It's, I mean, yeah. um, at, a, at a fairly comfortable clip. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to judge to judge minute per mile pace based on what you're on. And I notice, yeah, with mine, like if I'm on a dirt road, just you know, kind of kind of walking one of those. I think I'm at like 13. I could probably, you know, 12 or 13, um, minute miles walking, um, me and then, but again, if, you know, out on the tr technical trails, um, and, and I also had the dogs, um, at one point, but I think it was like, you know, 20 minutes a mile, you know, when we were, you know, just sort of bebopping through the woods with the dogs and stuff, but yeah, it all depends. And then again, it's much different when you're like 50 or a hundred miles into a race and, and. <laughs> And then, then you're power hiking and man, if you're going 30 minutes, 30 minutes a mile, it can sometimes feel fast, but yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's relative. I mean, there's, there's downhill miles that I run that are 15 minute miles, depending on yeah. how technical and steep and whatever yeah. the case may be. Um, and that's like, I mean, it doesn't look like running and it doesn't, but it certainly feels like running. <laughs> it's sort of like when I go down a technical trail, I kind of do this thing where I feel like I'm skipping. It doesn't so much feel like a run, but I'm sort of almost like skipping because here, you know, it's it's rocks and tree roots. So it's almost like I'm I'm skipping over over rocks and tree roots and sort of going from side to side, trying not to catch my toe on anything. And and realistically, I don't think. I mean, oh, no, it's not true. I mean, maybe once or twice, but I've never had any significant falls going down a technical trail. I've fallen going up a hill. And and then the other significant falls that I've had on trails are like when it finally levels out after you're done with like a technical section and you're, and I'm like, oh, good. And I can, and I start to relax and zone out. And then I catch my tree, I catch my foot like on a tree root or something, you know, or, or like a rock or something stupid just because I wasn't paying attention. But yeah. I've, I've spent a lot of time on my face the past, <laughs> past few weeks. I went down, I went down twice, I think, um, on, on that first day where I tried, where I was going out for the, the fast pack and I just had my, my bladders and stuff like that and didn't have my my actual pack um just sometimes like the lighting is weird once the light yep. starts to filter 
through the trees. Um, and a lot yeah, of what that's... a lot of what we run on is like trap rocky stuff where you have like jagged rocks embedded in hard. Everything's super hard right now. Um, and when it filters through the trees, my eyes don't don't perceive it super well. So especially... that has been my issue on my gravel bike, right? Yeah. So when I when I take my bike out, I try to go as fast on the downhills as I can because then I have to I don't have to work as hard on the uphill, right? Because in in New Hampshire, um, Maine, all the areas that I ride, it's just up and down constantly. It's like just a roller coaster, and then. At one point, I'm going like 45 miles an hour down a dirt road. The the shadows, you know, coming over the, you know, coming from the trees, you can't really see the road. And I'm like, and I thought to myself, I was like, God, if I don't see where I'm riding and hit a rot or, or hit a rut or a big rock or something like that, I could have a pretty significant fall and I'm thinking this going down the hill and I'm like well it's too late now I just gotta just gotta ride it out and hope for the best and I haven't you know knock on wood had any had any falls doing that but going 45 miles an hour down a down a trail is a little scary um I don't want to fall off my bike again you know and I and I have that in my head all the time um and, uh, and I haven't yet. I've almost, I've almost fallen a number of times. Even when I was out in Maine, I was on a trail and I turned my wheel really sh sharp to the right and the back of my wheel hit the front of my foot. So it was like this awkward, I almost tripped over, I don't know. I almost tripped over my wheel, if that makes sense uh, on the trail. I was just trying to do something and I caught myself. So, uh, All's well that ends well, but I don't look like I, Dean Carnassus, I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, he, he like that picture was yeah. I don't I I will have to follow up on that story, but yeah, that was Oh, I have a cool story. So when well during during vacation I tend to do a lot of miles just because it's fun. You know, uh, you know, running or biking or on my paddleboard. And I was on my paddleboard yesterday and, and on the ocean. And I was out there for about an hour and a half. And yeah, I, paddle, I paddled out pretty deep. And there's seals all in the area. And I can seal, I can see the seals, you know, popping their heads up. And this one seal actually followed me. And he got really close. Um, close enough that, I mean, I want to say within six of my board, um, you know, that I could see his face and his face kind of looked like a little golden retriever, you know, had that like sweet little dopey look on it. And he just kept following me. And I didn't, I, I it was a little scary and a little disheartening. I didn't know if, I mean, it's like, is he friendly? Is he curious? Is he going to flip my board? Is he, gonna... <laughs> um, where there's seals, there's also sharks that I was also aware of that. Um, but it was it was a pretty cool experience because I just, you know, I I turned and started to head into the well, started to head south um, and and he changed directions and just followed me and, and stayed about 10 feet, 10 feet from my board, you know, for a good half hour, 45 minutes. So I made it. I made a new friend. That's good. That was the that was oh, the Dean's uh, capture to his post is I was. I've been attacked by a shark, and now I can say I've also been attacked by a coyote. Oh, he got attacked by a shark too. 
Yeah, I think that's one of his stories. Um, Jesus, I don't, I don't need to be attacked by a shark. I think that was the, that weird, that weird thing when he was like doing that machine that ran well, the on the water, water the machine. water, the water running thing. Yeah, yes. the water elliptical or whatever it was type of deal. Yeah, so I think that that type of I think. No, I just I just made a I just made a seal friend and he just followed me. So. But I don't have, um, I, I never bring a phone out on my stand-up paddleboard just because I'm on the ocean. Um, so I couldn't take a picture. Oh, well. Bullshit, Megan. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's all a lie. You're just yeah. trying to, trying to sound so cool. Well, you know, I'm, I'm prepping for my appearances that I will be making and all the autographs that I'll be signing. You know, I gotta, I gotta pave the way for my fame. Got to have the story. He's got to have slideshow, though. You got to have. You need. I know, I know, but again, I, 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 ne- I don't take my, I don't take my phone out on my paddleboard. I mean, I suppose I could put it in a bag or something, but why would I need it? I just, I don't know, to take pictures of seals that are following take me. Of seals. Yeah. You should have a fucking beach ball too. You can throw it to them. You guys can play catch. <laughs> well, if I prep like that, I don't think I'd see anything. That's the first time that it, well, no, I take, I was going to say it's the first time an animal has followed me, but that's not true. Bill and I did a adventure race in the Outer Banks. Oh God. It was before Maeve was born. So uh, let's say 15 years ago, but we, the, the beginning of the, the, the first stage of the race is you had to run six miles out on the beach and then you had to run six miles back. Um, and then we had to, at the end of the race, I think it was just three miles out and three miles back to finish. But both times when we were running, um, schools of dolphins followed us out. And when we turned around, they followed us back both times, you know, at the beginning. I mean, and so this, we started right at sunrise and finished, I think at sunset that day. Um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. And not just one. I mean, it was a it, dozen I think yeah. it's pretty cool. The schools of dolphins used to follow the carrier all the time when we were out at sea. They would like play in the the wake behind the carrier, off the uh, you could see them off the fantail, and then you could see them off the side deck. A lot of times they would be jumping alongside the ship. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I've seen cool. seen a lot of dolphins in my day outside and- the sea world. I, yeah, I miss, I, yeah, I definitely miss those adventures, you know, cause like, you know, things happen, you know, when I'm out on my bike or my stand up, stand up paddle board or surfing or running or whatever I'm doing, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to get those adventures back because those, the three months of being at home, um, in the fixator, I'm grateful that it was winter because, you know. It, it was cold outside and I'm not, you know, I don't ski. I don't do any of that stuff. So you missed all ski season though. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I like, I like snowshoeing. Um, I could, um, I could cross country ski. I could see myself getting, well, I, I used to do that as a kid. Um, my dad, I used to go out with my dad cross country skiing. Um, but I'm not a big fan of being cold and I also don't like going fast and it kind of scares me because I feel out of control when I'm, going downhill on, on skis. Downhill uh, skiing so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just not my jam. I, again, I'd rather be in snowshoes or, you know, something like that. But I think, I, you know, I've never been an adrenaline junkie. Um, 
Well, yeah. So, so at the place we were at, there's a bridge that you can jump off, um, into the ocean. And, you know, of course my family, you know, my whole family did it. Um, I'm like, yeah, have fun guys. I'll take pictures. <laughs> Just, I, I've had enough, I've had enough, um, thrill and injury. Um, no, I'm good. I'll stay, I'll stay right here on mm -hmm. my paddleboard. Thank you very much with my new friend, the seal. Yeah. My kids, my kids like jumping off of things. They, um, there's a place in Vermont we go to, uh, Warren falls. We're actually headed up there. I think next week. And, no, I guess. Yeah. Maybe next week. Um, and there's, there's a, a few cliff jumps off there. I mean, my kids have jumped off of, and they were like, I mean, I guess Finney was eight, it's a 15, 20 foot cliff that he like jumped off of at eight years old, which is just pretty sizable for, for an eight year old to jump off of. Um, mm -hmm. and takes so, a lot of guts. Yeah. And so. is it, is it tough mutter? That that had the the, yeah, we, the, we, we had a 40 the station foot, where you had to jump thirty five because I've done it. Jump. Oh well, yeah, I was no. Say, I've done so it those races, I can't tough, remember how. At Tough Mudder, the the actual races, I think there's usually like I think ten foot or so, but um, oh no, it was more than it was definitely more than ten feet. Negative. Yes, it was. Negative it was not ten. Point. Ten feet is one story. Dude, no, uh, this listen, was just because you were afraid of it doesn't mean that it wasn't. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, it was uh, it was not. It was definitely more than 10 feet. Let's say. Oh, I, I mean, I'm leaning towards towards 30 or 40. The biggest the biggest and, the biggest drop that Tough Mudder has had is world's toughest mudder, as far as I know, which was 35 feet. Well, maybe that, that's the one I jumped off. Did you do World's Toughest Mudder? Well, maybe that's the one they had set up for my race. No, I didn't do it. In what, Vegas? Which one did? <laughs> yeah, no. Which one did I? Which one did I do? I did the, the half marathon one. But I can't remember. It's so all, long. All, all tough mudders back in the day used to be just a half marathon. But no, they, then they have short ones now too, right? They do. Yeah, and Spartan Race always had different. Uh, yeah. Uh, different races. They all, all those blend in. I, I mean, well, Spartan owns it all now. Yeah, and I I did those races because I was being paid to do them. It is not my jam. Um, and because I felt like whenever I did those races, afterwards, I just was so beat up. Like, I look like an abused woman. And also swimming through the shit water. I remember I got a really bad sinus infection one time. Um, and I had to go on antibiotics. And then I also don't like being electrocuted. That's not my jam. Spartan doesn't have electrocution, but Tough Mudder does. Um, yeah, I don't like I don't like being electrocuted. So, um, so it's one of those things, you know. Yeah, I can say I've done them and cross it off my list. Um, I don't really want to be electrocuted or swim through shit water again. That's I'm good. <laughs> yeah, is what it is. I saw. Yeah. I saw. I saw a um a a, a fellow Tough Mudder like world like for world's toughest back in the mm -hmm. day um running vermont 100 and i was like oh how's your training been he's like i just haven't just just showed up and decided he was running vermont 100 it's like those a lot of those obstacle course guys crack me up and they're like in the way they like prepare for some stuff they're just like ah oh, we're just we'll just like 
get through it. Whatever. And how do how do you do? I don't know how I finished. Vermont 100. Yeah. I, I could find out. Yeah. I don't, I don't I mean, know how I ended up doing, but. But I know a number of athletes, especially older athletes, um, athletes. Uh, when I say that, I'm going to say 60 or above six in the age range, 60 to 80 that do this for a lifestyle and they don't train. Um, and I can, when I say they don't train, I don't mean, I just mean that like, it's what they do. It's what they do every day. You know, whether they just, they don't have a training schedule. They just literally get up and run or lift weights or work outside. It's just part of their lifestyle. Um, so maybe that's what, maybe that's what your guy was, was referring to. Um, also it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a trash talk too. And I know men do it a lot. I'm sure women do too. They're like, oh my God, I have not prepared for this race. I just can't even imagine. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, they've been running. They just say that just to give themselves an out in case they, in case they need to quit. That's me. That's me being super cynical. Um, no, he, he ran, he ran pretty well. Good. Yeah. He ran 22, 23. Yeah. So he must've had a solid base and, you know, he wasn't training for an ultra per se, but he was definitely out there getting it done. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a fast guy anyways. Like it wouldn't be yeah. out of his, out of his wheelhouse to, to run. Vermont, Vermont is a race that appeals to me. That's, that's on my list because even, you know, even before the accident, um, I have natural speed. That's something that's always like in my back pocket if I work on it, but I do so much better on courses that are not technical kind of circling back to what we were talking about before. And, you know, and I've done plenty of technical trail races, but I really enjoy, um, you know, the dirt road running and, and that much more than, um, you know, tree roots and, and rocks that you have to, that you have to jump over. And, you know, Vermont's a, Vermont's a, a fast course for, you know, for a hundred. Vermont is a fast course for a hundred. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good course. If you're, if you're smart about it, you, you can run significantly well there. Um, it's my, it's my fastest hundred. Um, that's cause Amy I was, that's cause I was crewing you. Amy Rizeki is a, <laughs> is a great re- race director. You just um, skip right over that. No, no, Meg, you were so good that I just... They had no choice but but to PR my one hundred. But, but to be super it was the gray fast. Socks. <laughs> it was you didn't give me the gray socks. <laughs> well, but imagine if I had. But I did give you the blue shirt. I that is one of my favorite but, blue shirts I wear yeah, all the time. And that's that's a fast shirt. It's a fast shirt because it doesn't have <laughs> sleeves. Sleeves <laughs> sleeves slow you down. If you wear sleeves. So here's my here's my issue with with tank tops and why I have to run with a shirt and I can't run in just a jog bra. Um, if I have a pack on under my right arm chafes. So if I have a pack on, I have to have short sleeves on. I can't have, I have to wear a shirt, um, cannot wear a tank top. If the times I've run with just like a, a jog bra and my pack on, I got really chafed on my shoulders and stuff. Um, so I wear sleeveless and not tank tops. There's a difference. So but yeah, sleeve- but even even sleeveless would do that to me under my right arm, and I it. Well, you got a body glide under your arm. I doesn't matter. It's 
throw, I've throw tried. Some, throw some Luco tape on there. Yeah, I mean, you know, Luco tape would probably Luco tape would probably work. And I've just adjusted by if I'm wearing a pack, I just make sure I have on short sleeves. Yeah, that's that. I mean, you know, if I was in the middle of a race and I got, but I don't. It there must be something with my gait or some way I I move my right arm, and it's been like this. I want to say since my twenties. So however I hold my right arm when I run, um, it's like, it's like the back side of my arm will chafe. So short sleeves. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would rather wear no sleeves all the time. Yeah. All the time. I would I, rather just not wear a shirt. I mean, it's, it just keeps you so much cooler and that's what I do when I'm running around here. Well, I don't care. so if you, if you do run Vermont, the, um, the aid stations are so close and they're so yeah. so prevalent that you can run with handhelds or a handheld. Um, I think I ran most of it with a single handheld, and then you didn't you didn't have a pack, did you? Nope. I don't. I yeah, with, not, ran, yeah. I, I might have had a pack for part of it at night. No, no, not at the beginning. At the I ran. I'm trying with, to remember. I ran with handhelds most of the time because I I tell I tell people I coach now like practice with a handheld. You can you can get away with it at Vermont. There's not a lot of races you can get away with it unless well, you're really fast. I've never had a problem with handhelds because I started, I don't know, I did my first marathon in, in my late teens, covered, and it wasn't an official race. Like I ran the distance on my own, but what I used to do was just hide water bottles on the course. Yeah. But then I got to a point where I would just like pull a Forrest Gump where I would just go out and run. So I would just carry water bottles. Um, and I, I got used to doing it. It does not bother me at all. Um, and then, um, I just and think, then, you know, I think if you don't use it, you have to, you have to practice with it. That's it's yeah. just, it's just with like anything. It's like, if you don't yep. use tracking poles, you should practice with your tracking poles. I was, and was also thinking I really should start hiking with them. Um, I was wondering if that would help my speed and I, it's, it's when I was out there, you know, trail running, hiking, whatever I was doing. I, I think that every time I'm like, ah, oh, I should bring my poles and just see if it helps with my stability at all. But I might help with your stability. It won't help with your speed. I don't think I, I typically think that they slow you down for the most part in a race, something that you're going in a, in a, a hilly hundred miler, maybe it like reduces some of the fatigue in your legs by transferring some of it to your upper body. And if you're built for that, you can, you can, if you've practiced with them, if you're using them right, because so many people use them wrong and they make themselves tired because they're trying to like pull, <laughs> pull with a, with a pole instead of using the poles as extensions of your legs. It's very hard. It's very hard to articulate. Um, but I think whenever anybody needs to learn how to use trekking poles, what I always say is get out there with somebody that knows how to use them and talk to them, watch what they're doing and, and they'll literally tell you, don't do this, do that, you know, and that's how I learned. There's, um, I think, I don't know if it's out on the interwebs. I think it is. Uh, Jason Coop does like a really good breakdown. Oh, of, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of running with, with trucking mm -hmm. poles. And there's, and really there's, there's, there's essentially like three patterns, right? There's um, leg, arm. There's mm -hmm. leg, 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 arm, and then there's double polling, right? Like that's like what yep. it is. It's like yep. 
Um, and it's, it's kind of depending on how fast you're going and what the grade is and whether you're going up or down. And like you'll, if you practice with it, you can almost fluidly move between any of the, the real three. Well, that's, I was going to say, I move between those three and I don't think about it. Yeah. I just move in the past. I've moved between the three, just depending on what was needed for the moment. Now, I think it would help me with stability on the downhill, but it would also be counterintuitive because I need those neural pathways in my brain to reform just to be like, okay, no, you are going to run down this hill. <laughs> I, I think if I had the poles, I'd have them out in front of me and I'd probably just be going too. I feel like I'd be going too slow. Um, you know, maybe if I'm looking at distances at the hundred mile, you know, or greater then yeah, you know, I could, I could see where the benefit is, but right now my ankles and they just need the stability and that's, that's how they're getting stronger. Yeah. And, and a lot of times on downhills, I find that, um, the braking aspect of them, if if you if you're using them has braking is almost detrimental. Like it just yeah. On a yeah, lot of the trail we lit we we run, it's um very grown in um technical single track. It it like kind of just limits where you can move on the trail to, mm -hmm. to bound bound on a downhill. Um, Whereas, when I was running around Mount St. Helens, it was raining and the mud out there is different from the mud here. Um, the mud out there is super slippery. Like it's not like Vermont mud where you sink into it. It's almost has the, it's, it was like ice, you know, where you could just slide across it. And I remember using the poles to actually climb up some of those hills because my feet kept sliding out from underneath me. And also um, on some of the downhills as my, you know, cause I, I was essentially skating down the hill um, because that mud is, that, that mud was so foreign and so weird. Um, I didn't, I don't know how to run on slippery mud like that. I'm used to the kind that we sink in. Yeah, it's, um, it's a, like, I think a clay based mud. It happens. Um, yeah. It happens everywhere out west, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I I also, I I don't have any expectations of, well, I don't have a lot of expectations. I shouldn't say any, that's a lie. I don't have a lot of expectations of myself. I mean, there's there's races I'm eyeing and things that, things that are intriguing, but I couldn't go so far right now as to verbalize I'm training for X, Y, and Z. I do have races that I intend on running. But I can't like train per se. I'm putting up air quotes um, because I need to allow my body the flexibility of, oh, okay, you know, I I did this run and I'm sore than I thought I was going to be, you know, um, or I don't know, something like that. I don't, um, I was told to give myself a year after the removal of the external fixators. So it was removed on April 1st and the doctor and the physical therapist have said it takes, it should take a year for your body to just work this out and get back to what is going to be the new normal, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, you got, you'll figure it out. It'll like make sense. A year is probably, probably reasonable. You probably I would I would gather that you'll probably be quicker than that to kind of like have things figured out and squared away. But I mean, I'm not a fucking yeah. doctor. What the hell do I know? Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know. I just, I just want to be able to, just want to be able to, uh, to do my races again. I do have races on the calendar, but again, I'm not going to verbalize that I'm training for them. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, just go out and have fun and see what happens. Yep. Because, um, otherwise I'm just getting too old for that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, other big news speaking about getting fucking old. Um, so, I took a day shift job, so yeah, yeah. Fir- you, I've been dying to know um, how does it feel to return to the land of sleeping like a normal person. I don't fucking know. So I haven't done that <laughs> in twenty five years. I haven't yeah. been on um, on a day shift, non rotating shift work type job for twenty five years. So I don't it, and I literally just got off my last shift, um, so I don't know how that. Oh, so you that. just oh, so you just finished the oh, okay, I got it. I thought you had started it. Gotcha. No, okay. so I've I've officially haven't even even I I go back to work um, as we're recording this on Tuesday, um, and it, I still don't officially start my official new job until the week following the week next. Um, so I I have no idea. I just every every cycle that I do every six week cycle that I do where I'm on shift and I get off shift, it takes like, it was taking me longer and longer to recover. And I was losing, losing more and more of those days and more and more of the benefit of having like that rotating shift where I got the days off. Um, I've only been doing it for five years. I think, I don't know. I can't remember maybe less, but the toll that it takes is it is real. And I got offered, um, I've been offered two positions working third shift. Um, and I, I, I turned them both down. I just was like, I, unless I was going to work third shift. So for me, well, it, it doesn't work that way. Um, at the hospital, it's not like third shift. I think it was, um, nine, nine at night to nine in the morning. But unless I was going to work that shift every single day, it's just not going to work. And with kids and with a family that lives, you know, a daytime life, I, I would be destroyed. I was like, yeah. I, I, there's so, no, no amount of money. Yeah. I was going to say it I, nine to nine. I, how many days in a row would you be working? If you're, it if would, it, it, well, be like so a, a three day week and then hours, a four day week and then a three day well, week and then a four day week. It depends. Yeah. 36 hours is considered full time. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's essentially three shifts, but you don't know that you're necessarily going to have three in a row. It could, you could, I mean, just by the way it falls and different, the, each hospital had a different, had a different system with the one hospital had rotating. So it, it changed the day you work all the time. And then the other hospital, you got to choose, you know, which shift, you know, which shift you were going to work. Um, I, either way, I, I can't do it. I can't do it with two kids. Um, I was going to say, at least that's a, at least that's a, a continuous, you're on a, a single shift. Um, it does, it, it's hard when you have to like flop it back. So my shifts would we, I would work night shifts and then flop the day shifts and then flop yeah, so back that's, to night that's, shifts. And then that's flop the, the horrible shifts, part right there. Yeah. And then flop but, the day shifts. But you got to remember uh, my job, my other job is a therapist right? Yeah. Is during the day. Right. 
Right. So those, and I do three full days. So I do three. Um, yeah, you, you couldn't do both of those for sure. No, no, I, I, that's what I was like. I can't work. It, no. I mean, no, even, it's just... even doing, even doing night shift. So I grew up in a shift worker house. My, my dad worked shift um, his entire life and he worked five to two. Um, so most of the days he got up at like 10 AM and that was like mm. the start of his day. Yeah. Um, so it, it, and he was available till 5 p.m., right? So mm-hmm. um, I don't think, like, that shift, I don't think was was super detrimental because it's, he got yeah, a full night's doable. Yeah. He got a, essentially a full night's sleep and then just woke up late, and it was just kind of an off shift, right? The, um, the, the thing that kills me about, like, when I do, when I do shifts, so – it is we could have no calls where nothing happens all night, right? Or you could just or you could just be going all night and the the adrenaline and the stress hormones that that go through your body when you wake to a tone, you know, and each um each department has their own tone, you know, so my ears get very specific. I could sleep through other departments' tones, but I don't sleep through mine, if that makes sense. Um yeah, so just hearing those tones, like if you played it right now and measured the chemicals in my body, it it would be because I, I have that like Pavlov's dog response, um, just the stress and yeah, I don't know. Yep, nope, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm gonna stick to normal hours for now. You know, I I do still cover like the occasional. I am on call for certain nights. Um, but that's on a volunteer, you know, I, I can choose those shifts now. I don't have to take them if I don't want to. So, yeah. And I mean, at least, at least when you're at the fire department, if that's where you're, where, where you're on shift, there's the possibility that you sleep all night anyways. Yep. Yep. Um, Could be, but you don't sleep as well waiting for the tone. That's the, so, and I, yeah. So Oh God, you know, r- totally random. I thought about you when I was running. Um, so I was <laughs> running down anytime weird things happen with electricity. I think about you. Um, but as I'm running down the, down this dirt road and they're widening the road and doing some digging, I don't know what they were doing, but you know, they had the car set up, they're waving traffic through and the digger, when they lifted it up in the air, it was bouncing the diggers hitting the power lines and bouncing the power lines and i'm like i don't think it's supposed to do that and i'm just watching these power lines bounce off the digger and and you know so i was probably cruising along at like a you know nine minute pace and i I was like i I don't want to be here while they're doing this i don't want to be running under these lines so i just took off (laughs) were you was it was it like on a street like yeah yeah were they the low lines yes Oh, those aren't power lines. Those are phone and uh, telecommunication lines, cable lines. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The power lines for street service yeah. are on top of the poles. Well, okay. So when you say low, I'm talking like... I'm talking about the very tip of the poles. That's where your yeah. power lines are. So anything below that is your communication lines. Oh, so I don't know. Well, then I don't know what it was. But either way, yeah. it made me run very fast. Yeah. So I, I I quickened my pace to an eight minute mile and I'm like, I'm going. <laughs> like if you look, if you look at the top, I, and distribution is not my thing, but if you look at the top of um, 
like the poles in uh, your neighborhood or yeah. like if you have if you have above ground service in your neighborhood, mm -hmm. a lot of neighborhoods yeah, have we, underground. We do. Yeah. But if you do, you look on the top and there'll be um, there'll be like a essentially like almost like a cone and there'll be a wire that runs along the top oh, yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's a power line. Below that, all the black lines that you see that run, all telecommunication stuff like cable, okay. fiber, it, whatever the case may be. It circles back to what I was saying before where I do not want to be electrocuted. Like I am actively 100% sure that electrocution is not what I want. So I'm just going to run away from that. I'm not doing it anymore. Too old. Yeah, the other day, um, speaking of ground strike lightning, we were – Driving back from um, from my failed fat or my failed uh, three day uh, fast pack, and there was no clouds in the sky, like no rain, no nothing, and a bolt of lightning shot up into the sky. I've never seen it like on a perfectly clear day. You don't see it in Connecticut or, or that or your area or even Massachusetts. You don't because it's. You don't see Ever. that in our area very much. Yeah, yeah. it was no. it was the craziest yeah. thing. We were like, I like looked and I was like, huh. Yeah. And I, and I, Carrie's like, was that lightning? I was like, well, that's good. I'm not having like a seizure or like an aneurysm or something like that because I was <laughs> I was pretty beat up. And um, well, I've seen a lot of that. So down in North Carolina, I've seen um, I've seen the ground strike lightning. I've actually seen it in Vermont, um, and oh, in Texas, of course. You, you see it, you see it a ton. Um, usually, when I'm out on the Outer Banks, I, you know, you see it on the beach. They're very, very cautious because the storms move in so quickly. Yeah. So, you know, as soon as you, you know, as soon as you start to heal, you know, hear the thunder and the lightning, and we're like, okay, let's go, you know, because it'll be, you'll get ground strike lightning, you know, within the next. Yeah, this. Year, I so. mean, there, this was literally like there was no storm. It was just the craziest thing. There was just such a difference in potential between the ground and the whatever the ionosphere yeah. that like yeah it like it shot all the way up it was oh, crazy. God, it was so hot it was just really awful disgusting hot and the, our first two days of camping were were in that heat yeah um ugh, just gross. That's, that's that's really like part of the reason that i pulled the plug was because i wasn't going to get any sleep and i wasn't going to recover and then to like yeah. have to go out and grind it out a, another day and like struggle to find water and whatever the case may be like it just yeah it seems stupid Yep. I agree. I agree. Well, we're almost, uh, we're nearing our time and, uh, I don't know. We've talked a lot about certain things that I totally didn't expect us to talk about. What do you think we were going to talk about? Honestly, I had no idea this. You are taking me out of my comfort zone with this podcast because I really don't prepare um, for this podcast in my normal, my normal MO, I'm a good student. I'm a good book learner. So I would, you know, have an outline of what we're going to talk about. And when I record with you, you're just like, I don't know. We just wing it. We just figure it out. Okay. I mean, I knew, well, I knew we had enough, I knew we had a lot to talk about because I haven't actually talked to you. I think the last time I talked to you was when we recorded our podcast with Sarah that, that was the last time we spoke, right? I mean, besides, yeah. I'm not talking about texting, but I think so. Yeah, that's the last time we talked. We talked, yeah, because um, yeah, then you asked me to look after one of your uh, athletes while you were away, and I was like, yeah. well, I'm not going to be around either, so. Yep. Yep. Well, 
Well, hopefully we will get to uh, see each other in person one of these days. Maybe. Sooner, sooner rather than later. Um, I do need a, it's, it, I like to run by myself. You know that I'm not, but getting back into shape like I am, it's nice when somebody runs with me. It makes it, it makes it go by faster. So, so I'm always looking for company or anybody who will tolerate, who tolerate my, my pace. Is Bill not running with you? No, no, no. He'll run with me. But I mean, on vacation we can, but during, you know, during the week, you know, with, with camps and work and, um, all that's going on, we rarely exercise at the same time. We all usually you just, just, all you, you got to do is lock your kids in the basement and then go do whatever you want to do. Well, I mean, during the summer, they will, they will, you know, my youngest will ride a bike with me. She'll come out, but I don't, she, when I say ride a bike with me, she's half a mile ahead of me and she'll turn around and swing back. And, you know, so it's not like I really have, not like I really have company, just somebody that's out there with me. Oh, well, she can carry water for you. There you go. Yeah. I'm sure she'll whine about that. Little Sherpa. I need a Sherpa in life. We all, we all need a Sherpa in life. Yeah. Just tell me where to go and carry my stuff, please. So. All right, Meg. So do you have a song prepared to take us out? Oh, look at that on the spot. You didn't think about that, did you? Oh, <laughs> shit. I'm, gonna, I'm totally going to edit this. Okay. Um, oh, it's, I need a, I didn't, do you have a song? I, I can throw a song out. Okay, you do. Okay, we'll go, we'll go back. I totally forgot. Oh, oh man. Megan forgot how we ended the show. <laughs> I've been on vacation. So my brain has just been like, I read books. I read books. I go out on my bike. Books are gross. God, I love to read. Reading it makes is my happy place. My my wife loves reading too. I'm yeah. I'm a fucking I'm a I'm a dummy. I don't like to read. Audiobooks are okay. I can do well. Audiobooks. This is the first time in many years that I've I've been out of school. I'm I mean because um. I may, I may go back to school. I was actually looking at a couple things, um, a couple programs, um, who knows what I'll do. It's, it's actually nice being out of school because I get to read whatever books I want to read. I don't have to be focused on textbooks and, and that kind of stuff, but I don't know. I'll oh, see. I'd, ra I'd rather read textbooks. Oh, really? Yeah. I hate God. I, I do. I don't enjoy fiction. I like, well, I like, I like biography. Well, I read those. Yeah, if you, you guys say it first. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I go through this, whether it's, you know, fiction, um, nonfiction, autobiographies, biographies. And I also go through topics where, like, I was on this war kick for a while where I was reading all about, um, yeah, I don't know, just, just. I don't know, just different wars and, and also journalism and all, all sorts of stuff. And then, um, yeah, then I was on a like, volcano kick. I was reading about volcanoes. I don't know. I just I go through these. But there's like so much, like you can like watch a documentary and like get the visual that like goes along with it. That's so much. Fun. But what I see with my eyes is not as great as what I can create in my mind. Yeah. I just see teleprompter words. <laughs> for, for for fucking real which is why i don't enjoy reading yeah well yeah it's honestly that's w the last time we went camping not this time last time um i left 
so I, I, I have a Kindle that I take with me always. I always have a Kindle on me. And then I'm usually reading a hardcover book too. I forgot my Kindle. I forgot my book. It was a crisis. And we were probably 30 minutes from the nearest store. So I left our campsite and I just drove until I found a place that sold books. I ended up finding a Walgreens and just picked up some like spy novel or something. It was actually pretty good. I was, I was pretty, I was surprised, but um, yeah, it was, I was like, it, this is a crisis. I don't have a book. Okay. It'll be okay. I know. I know. So, Hey Sean, do you have a song to take us out today? I do. So we're going to uh, end the show with uh, Rancid's uh, song, Fall Back Down. Um, it's off their Indestructible album. That's just a good song. That's all. It's just a good punk song. Just feeling feeling like three minutes of fast beats is ready to rock. Okay. All right. I'll give it a listen. All right. Talk to you soon, Sean. Talk to you later, Mike. Bye. If I fall back down, 